everybody. How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Trees coming to you today with another episode of Talking Football. Uh, if you haven't noticed, new backdrop for me. I have relocated to Joplin, Missouri in an office. New decorations back there. I went from an Alex Smith signed jersey to uh, my man Colt McCoy right behind me. Probably the coolest freaking picture I've ever had in my life. But the one thing I'm more excited about right here is getting to talk to my dude, Trees. I have not talked to him in a bit. It's been a busy weekend. Man, how are you? And honestly, how are you living, man? How are you living? Uh, I'm doing good, man. And you're right. We haven't spoken like four days. So that, that's been fun. Uh, we actually missed, spoke yeah. yesterday and you just said, hey, we got to push the pod back one day. I got a few, but, few things I got to do before tornadoes hit. So I was like, all right, I guess talking football can wait one more day. So one, happy, yeah. happy you're safe, healthy, ready to roll. Um, two, uh, weekend, weekend was great. I mean, I wasn't as busy as you were moving, um, your entire life to a different city. Um, all I did was, uh, hang out around the house. So, uh, pretty relaxed. Didn't mow? Of course I mowed the lawn, dude. Like, come on, yeah, man. Mowed the lawn. Uh, I actually built a whole bunch of shelves in my garage and reorganized that full dad mode. Uh, and I fully recognize it and I'm okay with it. Like I'm the dad that's like, yeah, but have you seen how clean my garage is? Like, yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm going to be the dad. Like when we go on vacation that I brag about being up like two hours before everybody else. Yeah. I'm going to be that guy for sure. Oh man. You guys, you guys are just rolling out of bed. I already mowed the lawn, made breakfast, had a couple cups of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yep, exactly. that's you. I totally see it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so oh. office. The office looks dope. So happy for you there. You're right. The picture is cool. Uh, I'm more of a Ricky Williams guy. So, you know, like that's maybe, you know. Hey, he's literally maybe – 10 feet, not even 10 feet to my right here. Probably your guys' left looking, but my right. We got we got Ricky Williams on one side. We got Colt right behind me, and then we got VY to my left. Uh, pretty good setup. Just we're not done with the decorations yet. I mean, you're seeing this behind me. If you look in front of me, uh, kind of bare right now, but we're working on it. We're, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be nice once it's a finished product. So That is awesome. Cool. So – for those of you that don't know this, which I hope you all do know this, um, Austin has got a great opportunity here where he gets to go and be, um, correct me where I'm wrong, VP of Marketing and Sales. Is that correct? Yep, that's the the fancy title that they gave me. It's kind of it's kind of weird to call myself that, but that that is the title that's been given. But hey, you know, wear that with pride. I think that's awesome. Um, basically, he is going to be going. Dude, I'm, I'm not gonna steal this. You you say it. I don't know why I was about to say it. You go ahead. This is your moment. I, I thought you were, I thought you were doing great. Uh, kind of just going off what Tree said. Um, I've relocated from Kansas City here to Joplin. Uh, was given an opportunity to start a daily radio show called Miked Up with some buddies of mine uh, here in Joplin. And then you know they kind of extended the opportunity to be like, hey, we need someone to do our sales and marketing. Is that something you'd want to do? I said absolutely. If sports radio wasn't gonna be a thing that worked. Uh, that's kind of where else I wanted to do. I wanted to do sales. I feel like that's something I'd be good at. Boom. Guess what? Two stones with one, or yeah, two stones with one bird. Is that how it goes? No, two birds with one stone. Look at me fucking it up. I'm, hey, I'm doing great, guys. Marketing 101 right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, two birds with one stone, though, man. It's, it's awesome. I'm excited. Uh, the move was was definitely difficult. Uh, Kansas City is kind of where I thought I was going to be, was kind of going to live my life and grow from there, and it just... One of those things that just didn't work out that way, but hey, this is something I'm excited for. 
ready to hit the ground rolling and this is just something to build off of especially with this so having two things that i love that i get to do every day or every week it's, it's an exciting time for sure man that's awesome we're all happy for you that's for sure so all right <coughs> well um it is tuesday when we're recording so also happy cinco de mayo i hope you had some tacos today at some point but you for sure did not by the look of your you have on your face uh, I had kind of like some tacos and fajitas and then some margarita mix. Uh, if my face is looking a little red, uh, the margaritas are starting to hit. Uh, they're kind of starting to settle in. I've stopped moving around a little bit. Uh, I had some margaritas, played Nerf. I had a Nerf war with a couple of Matt's kids. And uh, here we are, baby, talking football. A little tipsy. Happy Cinco de Mayo, like Therese said. Let's get messed up. All right, let's do it. All right. I mean, let's just start off with Therese Sivia then. So let's do this. All right, Austin, when do you think the last 1,000-yard receiver happened for the Philadelphia Eagles? The last 1,000-yard receiver? Um, was it Deshaun Jackson? Ooh, Jeremy Macklin. Good job. It was Jeremy Macklin. Yep. What year do you think that was? Uh, what year did he go to? Was it 13 or 14? 2014. Yep. Because he so, went to the Chiefs the following year. Yeah, so we were talking five full seasons. Without, Which is crazy to think about that it was that long ago. Yeah, with how well their quarterback play has been. I mean, let's not forget, Carson Wentz in 2017 was going to win the MVP, hands down, before he tore his ACL. Yep. Yep. Uh, last year, again, he threw for 4,500 yards, something like that. And given... He didn't have a, a single wide receiver over 500 yards, but it just shows that like how good this coaching staff, quarterback, everything is. If you're not having like a go-to wide receiver, I think that's even. Oh, more absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it it really goes to show what Doug Peterson has brought to that organization since Chip Kelly. Um, you know, Chip Kelly, you know, some people are going to have different opinions on the type of coach slash general manager that he was and what he did to the organization. You know, Howie Roseman, Rosie Howen comes in, really helps change that landscape of things along with Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz. You know, you're dealing with a running back by committee type situation. Now you found your guy. And like Tree said, you haven't had a receiver top a thousand yards and five, six years at this point. Hey, hopefully they find that next year. There may have, there could have been a couple guys that probably had it last year, maybe one guy that had it last year if there wasn't for drops. Uh, who knows how many touchdowns could have been if these guys would have just caught the ball or at least maybe put in a little bit more effort uh, on a reception. You know that meme. You know we all, we all get who that's going towards. But yeah, definitely that's that's a very interesting tree civia and something that brings light to a situation that you probably don't notice right off the bat. Yeah. For sure. All right. Uh, we're going to just get into around the laces. Let's just get to it. The first thing, the most exciting news that happened this week, and that was uh, yesterday news broke that the schedule will officially come out Thursday. We talked about it last episode that the rumor was it was going to be on the 7th or 8th, and turns out that's exactly what it is. Uh, Thursday the 7th, uh, what is it, 8 p.m. Eastern time, 7 yeah. p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. my time. Um, and I'm super excited. Uh, no international games. So that's, that's huge. Um, sorry, ShotCon and Jacksonville. You guys are going to have, you guys aren't going to have six home games. You guys are going to have to deal with eight home games. I'm 
Sorry about that. I was going to say, man, that really affects you guys. Like, I, I heard that, and I was like, ah, oh, I guess the Jaguars are screwed. Like, man, we really thought we were going international. Not this year. Fully understandable, though. Uh, the thing that gets me with the the NFL doing the whole TV show of, like, the schedule release, they're going to make that, like, a three-hour show. Like, that's just going to drag on forever if yeah. that's really how they do it. I mean, people are going to watch because they're interested, but dang, dude. Yeah, well, I'm interested to see if it's any different than what they've done because they've had that the last couple of years where it's just like a half hour and like they just mm-hmm. like do division by division and just release those games. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they swap it up a little bit to make it longer and stuff. I hope not. Like, I just want – like I'm not going to get onto that. Like all I want is to 6 o'clock go to NFL.com, click on my team, check that schedule out. Like that's all I care. Like don't need to do that. It's it's check out the Jaguar schedule. Check out Monday night, Sunday night games, and then I'll start looking at other teams. <laughs> so why why do you go? Why do you check out Sunday Monday night games? Figure out what games you're gonna go do stuff on on the weekend or? Yeah, I mean just primetime games, right? Like I want to know I want to know like what games I'm gonna be excited for and which games I'm like ah yeah not that excited for. Uh, also fun to see like what teams they decide to like have on national television multiple times like Cleveland last year, right? Like Cleveland had three or four national televised games last year and ended up being a bust for them. So you, and you wonder like this upcoming year, who is it going to be? Like I could see it being the Cardinals, for example, I could see the Cardinals being a hot like Sunday, Monday night team this year. I could do the Cardinals and Bengals play this year. You Uh, know, I mean, no, because they played last year. Did they? I think they played last year, and they're. I they're, could I could see both of those teams though being like the Bengals in a primetime game. I yeah. know they've had it the last couple of seasons, or they, at least they did, you know, with the Chiefs a couple of times. But that would be that would be another interesting team to see on primetime, especially with though Mr. Joe Exotic Joe Burrow now the face of that franchise. And let's let's actually go ahead and get into that. Andy Dalton, who used to be the guy in Cincinnati, now goes to Dallas. Trace, what are your thoughts on? the Cowboys doing this? Do you think this is, this is their way of telling Dak, like, Hey, we really don't care. We can get someone else in here. Like we're done playing games. Or do you think it's like, if this carries on, we need to still be productive. I think it's more of the latter, right? I just feel like Dak's their guy. I think they're trying to get a long-term deal done. Dalton, it's good for him to go home. He's obviously from TCU and stuff. So like, good for him to go home. Good deal for him. Um, if something happens, like he's set up for success with that offense, something that he hasn't had very much in his career. Um, so I think it's just good and it, it buys him one year, right? Cause like next year, I think yeah. he hopes to, okay, next year there's going to be opportunities for a vet to go in and basically be the Philip rivers. I want to be next year's Philip rivers going into a place and being the vet that's picked up, uh, if you had to, you know, go travel for one year to go stay somewhere, it might as well might as well be back home. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, do you think it has anything to do with like Mike McCarthy just thinking Dak is not gonna be the guy he wants for the future and maybe wants to try it out with Andy Dalton, or is it mainly just just straight contract negotiations, just safety? I think it was more of like a our depth at this position is awful. Like it's really bad. I don't yeah. trust any backup here. If Dak goes down, we're fucked as a team. Like, I really yep. think that's more of what it is. But what what are your thoughts? 
Um, I mean, I'm kind of right there with you. I've been trying to kind of sit on it for a little bit. Uh, at first, I was like, man, this is really disrespectful to Dak. Like, I don't know why they would do this. But then kind of what you just said really started to creep into mind is like, okay, they don't have anyone as a backup quarterback. Kellen Moore isn't there. He's now the offensive coordinator, of course. Um, so it's really just kind of comes to one of those things where who who was going to be the one to replace Dak? Let's say Dak just decides to hold out all offseason on the franchise tag and not be penalized because that's how that situation works with him. And he can take it all the way into the season. Like you, you have a new stud young wide receiver in C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. You know that that timing. Who he's who is he going to be timed up with? He's not getting any other extra time with Dak Prescott in the offseason and training camp and stuff like that. Uh, I know this offseason's different, anyways, with the coronavirus and stuff. But that's really where my mindset kind of started to go. So with Andy Dalton, if Dak does do that, you have a professional that you know is in a position in his career where he goes, I was the guy, it didn't work out, this is a fresh start for me to kind of go home, going off what you said there again. But really, I think it was a smart move by the Cowboys because even if you do sign Dak to a long-term extension and he is hurt, you have that safety valve there and Andy Dalton. And shoot, who knows what he does with that type of offense and that offensive line. He would be awesome in that offense. He really would. So... Um, speaking of coronavirus, though, since you brought it up, reports came out t- today that uh, from Adam Schefter that salary cap may drop dramatically next year, and we're talking thirty to eighty million dollars dramatically. And so, oh, I, did you not see this? No, I did not. Not I didn't even see it on our rundown when I looked it over a little bit ago. Holy shit! Yeah, like there is legit a chance it drops from like. Uh, 200 million, which it is now, technically 199.8 or something like that. But like, and they think it's going to be more closer to the 30. But Adam Schefter did say it could go as large as 80 million dollars. And so then I was like, what would that do? Like, there's no way teams could be under the salary cap. Like, that's literally impossible. Like, when you go into free agency, there's usually like two teams that have more than 80 million dollars. Yeah, I, I mean, surely they would just have to get rid of the penalties for a year. Like, yeah, be like, have to. hey, this is just special circumstances. Try to get as low as you can. That's, that's just going to hurt a lot of teams because, I mean, that's even going to hurt the players because they can't go anywhere else. Like, they're going to have to be stuck in that situation for at least a whole another year on a team that they don't want. Who knows if they develop better, if they develop worse. Like, let's say this – this is happening next year with Yannick Ngakwe and the Jaguars, and he wants to go somewhere else, but literally no one can afford him, and the Jaguars are just stuck. That dude is going to be so pissed off that he is literally forced to stay in Jacksonville due to the coronavirus. Yeah, so actually I was thinking it in actually a little bit different terms of maybe players would want to get franchise tacked because you're going to get paid a lot more for one year. You don't have to sign a contract. It's just... It's just like, okay, I'm stuck one more year. I might as well get paid as a top three in my position. So franchise tag might be like an option that players might want to get next year if this actually happens. Oh, that is a good point. (laughs) Shit. Yannick Ngakwe, like, like, all right, I guess I'll stay around another year. I'll get off Twitter. Yeah, exactly. And sorry, we're not not talking about the Jacks today, but I actually – kind of we are now by the way um yeah so uh i actually am now like really leaning that 
he's going to be a Jaguar next year. Like they're not going to trade him during this off season. And like, they're going to just beg you're, you're with us. So what are you going to do type thing? I think that they actually have full confidence that he's not going to pull a Jalen Ramsey of like sign it and then act like he's hurt and then just not play. Um, because I don't think that that actually helps Yanni Kangakwe like it did Jalen mm-hmm. Ramsey. Like he was, Ramsey was already known as one of the top three cornerbacks, right? Yannick clearly is not, or somebody would have been trying to trade for him already. So he actually, yeah. I think, has to earn it. Um, and honestly, it gets me excited because he's going to he try really hard. And with the reports that the Jags are moving to a 3-4 and just having guys like Chase on Josh Allen and Yannick Ngakwe plus Schobert and Miles Jack, those five on the field at the same time, just makes me very excited for that defense. That's going to be a very, very athletic, fast defense. That's going to be freaky. Let's say like that does happen and Yannick stays and he ends up liking it. Like he ends up enjoying it, that there's this much pressure coming off the edge where offenses have to pay attention to it. And he just gets to eat like he just eats and eats and eats. Do you think he's like, all right, I can get over this and apologize? Or do you think he's already burnt the bridge with the fans of Jacksonville and the front office? Um, for sure not the fans. I mean, there's a lot of fans that are like annoyed of him on Twitter, but like if he signed, I think they'd be like, yep, we're good. Um, I actually kind of think the front office is still like, Hey, like, I mean, Dave Caldwell's even said it, like we'd welcome him back. It's the Khan family basically. Cause he got in it with Tony Khan. Like that's, yep. that's the hard one, right? Like that's the one that you'd have to get over. But also I could see Sean Khan being, Hey, it's good for business. Like tell his son to get over it. Um, so <laughs> In the, in the end, I don't think that he's – I think at this time next year, he's not a Jaguar. But I will say I think that he is a Jaguar throughout the 2020-21 season. Dang, that's crazy to think about. It is. That's uh, pretty interesting. Talking about someone potentially switching teams or that did switch teams, Frank Gore signed with the New York Jets. Heading into his 16th NFL season, his son is 18 – that's crazy to think about that you've played in the NFL for 16 freaking years as a running back. You are now with the Jets, a team that already has a running back who's kind of in a rebuild mode with Le'Veon Bell, Sam Darnold, the offensive line that they're trying to hopefully put together in some way, shape, or form. Is this a good move by Gore, or is it just like, hey, if I get one more year to, to be paid to play in the NFL, fuck, I'm going to take it. I think that's more of what it is because – and given Gore's going to beat out like P Ryan, like the guy they drafted, the, the Florida running back they drafted in the fourth round this year, but like he'll beat him out because that's just like what Frank Gore does. He just beats out everybody. But I mean, he's not going to beat out Le'Veon Bell. But before they signed, uh, it was, I believe, yesterday, um, they did say that they wanted to lower the workload on Le'Veon Bell. And I was, uh, Gay said that. And I was just like, why though? why that like that's why that's why bale is getting paid as much as he is is so he can be yeah. and i know that gase wasn't his guy and gase wasn't around when they signed him and that all that but at the same time i'm just like doesn't make sense and like gore's gonna be the dude playing at age 39 averaging like 3.3 yards per carry like he's gonna be that guy <laughs> which again is absolutely <laughs> absurd to think about and going off what you just said with Le'Veon Bell, like that's that's what he should be. Like he should be 
you know, like the bell whore or, oh, my God, the bell cow. Like, give him the ball, let him eat, make it work, catch the ball out of the backfield, make some make some guys miss and go. I, I don't get the needing, you know, the rest periods or taking a load off. Like, you don't have much to give the load to anyways in New York. If Le'Veon Bell is there and you're paying him that much, give him the damn ball. Exactly. For sure. Um, all right, moving on. So last week we talked about a whole bunch of fifth-year options that got picked up and didn't get picked up. More came out this weekend. So basically uh, picks two, three, four, and five did not get picked up, and that's Solomon Thomas and Trubisky, uh, Fournette, Corey Davis. Um, those guys did not. Uh, Hassan Reddick uh, did not either. Um, for the Cardinals, he was picked 13. Malik Hooker uh, also did not, which was very surprising. Uh, he is going to be a hot commodity in free agency next year. He's He's got to love that. He knows that he's going to get paid. Um, Evan uh, Ingram, the tight end, did get picked up, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually thought that was a little surprising. Not because not Ingram's not a talented player. He's a very, very talented player. I kind of just – like maybe it was just because he was hurt last year, too, but I just felt like – the offense and everything was kind of going in a different direction last year with the Giants. And I could be totally wrong. And maybe it's just the, when I was watched, I just felt that way, but he kind of yeah. felt like a guy that was not going to get his fifth year picked up. So I feel like a, a large part of that is because Daniel Jones is a rookie. I mean, Eli Manning was still kind of in the mix of stuff. Uh, Saquon Barkley gets hurt. Ingram is hurt. And then right there, it's just like, all right, we got to try and make something happen. And then luckily Slayton stepped into the role, did enough. Tate comes back, does enough. So I think with all these guys healthy, you know, they see the potential of what Ingram can bring to this offense with everyone there and the fact that they already rebuilt this offensive line through the draft, added more depth along the defense. I think the Giants are in a good spot, dude, where they just have enough young talent that they can keep, but they're the way that they've been drafted – through the years of offensive talent that it's going to help their cap situation where they can pay them year by year. And it's going to kind of not overlap in a way that hurts them so much. I think what the giants are doing, dude, is not being looked at. Um, it's, it's not getting the recognition that it deserves. What Dave Gettleman is doing there uh, is quietly working for them. And if it continues to do so, the giants, man, they're going to get back to that Super Bowl type running team, not like running the ball type offense, but you know, the team that makes a push towards the playoffs and into the Super Bowl, like man, they're kind of setting that back up right now. And once it all gets rolling, that's gonna be a surprising monster out of New York once again. And the Jets are gonna be sitting there like, what do we have to do to make this work? And it's just like simple, don't be fucking stupid. But you know, that's just kind of how it is. But I, I really I think that's the reason why they picked up that fifth year option for Ingram. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Um, This one I just had to put on there just because it's funny. Um, So Shea Patterson, Michigan quarterback, formerly of Ole Miss as well, um, gets signed by the Chiefs uh, just because some of our amazing friends have had some fun Twitter arguments about this. I just had to put this (laughs) on there. Uh, yeah, uh, it, our, our good friend Matt Miller here has literally been destroyed on Twitter for this. Uh, how unprofessional, you know, other draft experts wouldn't 
do this. You call yourself an expert. I can't believe you would say something like this. It's yada, yada, yada. The bottom line is it was a joke to me and Mello because we spent Saturday shit talking the hell out of him and pretty much Michigan on like how has Harbaugh been there and not had a quarterback come out of the system in the NFL two days, three days later, here come the Kansas city chiefs. We'll take them. So the chiefs had released Shermer. I really think this is just another camp arm. Uh, in all honesty, this might sound bad. Uh, Tyron Matthew came out a couple weeks ago and said, Hey, uh, one thing that we got to get better on is getting turnovers. You know, I had a, a several dropped interceptions. So did other guys on the team. Andy Reid is looking around like, how can we help him with that? How can we give him live reps and, you know, for him to get interceptions and practice catching the ball down the field with not only Matthew, but the rest of our secondary. Uh, sure enough, you look at the guy from Michigan, an old Wolverine, and you think, Fuck it. Let's get this guy in here. You know what I mean? They're not catching the ball from a jug machine. They're still going to be able to you know, have a live rep here. And Shea Patterson is either going to overthrow someone, not even not even be anywhere near the target. And Tyron Matthew in the secondary, man, their hands are going to be just as good as the receivers. And let me tell you, they got some speed as well on that defensive side of the ball. So I just want to go ahead and say thank you, Shea Patterson, for what you're about to do to this team. Uh, let's fucking run it back, boys. Let's run it back. So – Sorry, I just want to get this full quote here. So you're telling me the Chiefs signed Shea Patterson strictly to improve the defensive bat's hands. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, there was a story from the Senior Bowl that they were practicing fade routes, and he he overthrew them so badly that it went like, 15 plus yards out of bounds and hit like the upper part of the overhang. And this was the off day of practice that no one else got to go to. So I don't know exactly what the ball hit. I just know that it was nowhere near the fucking receiver on a fade route. And that's a route you literally work on from middle school all the way through college. Like that's a route people have fun with. Shea Patterson. Were you not throwing like fade routes at all? Like how in the world do you go to the senior bowl and do that? So 100% going to the Chiefs to help the secondary with their hands. Got it. All right. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Let's let's go on with our uh, whole uh, our our famous fuck Mary kill Carol Baskin uh, segment Ew. here. And by that, I mean our video was kind of a big deal. Uh, no. Hey. Anyway, we got some love from it. We appreciate all the love from it. Uh, Austin, you're a very funny individual. So we'll go. I mean, you can't convince me it didn't happen. Oh, and, I messed it up. Carol Baskin. Yeah. And then, of course, I get the from my wife. Why were you so mean to Austin? Why did you call him a rookie? Why did you say I remember my first beer? He was just having fun. I'm like, come on, babe. Come on. Yeah, Trees. Why why are you why do you gotta be like that, man? If you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. You ever watch the movie Bambi? Damn, dude, learn from Thumper. It's been a long time since I've seen that show. <laughs> it really has for me yeah. as well. I can't believe I just <laughs> can't believe I just spit that out there. <laughs> I can't believe you did either. So um, <laughs> all right. So we're gonna go with the NFC West today. And um I'll just kick us off. So we're going to start off with the uh, defending NFC champions, the San Francisco 49ers. 
so they traded back in round one to 14, just traded down one spot with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and take Javon Kinlaw. Uh, Pat's on our back. We had this in our mock draft in our final one. And um, it's a great replacement for Buckner. It really is. I love what they did there. Uh, obviously, as a fan, you could be like, oh, why did we just trade for to just pick up the same position? I mean, he's younger, obviously, even though Buckner's still in his prime, but um, going to be a lot cheaper. And you get more draft picks, which they clearly did not have in this draft. So, um, it. I mean, I like it. Kinlaw's a great player. Uh, at round one, pick 25, by trading up, they end up taking Brett, Brandon Ayuk, uh, wide receiver out of Arizona State. Love this kid. Super excited. When we took this, you actually said, why Brandon Ayuk? Why not somebody else? And I was like, oh, I just think that he fits this style of offense. Turns out they did as well. Um, let's see. Then we move on, and they trade for Trent Williams, which seemed like a bit of a shock at the start. Right. Everybody's like, well, you got Joe Staley. What's going on? And then Matt Miller was one of the first ones that I heard say it. Well, actually, Joe Staley has been talking about retiring uh, for a while now. So this is just uh, insurance. Right. And then literally like an hour later, Joe Staley retired. So actually, I thought that was actually an awesome move by Joe Staley to have the Niners back. But not posting it until they make a move. I thought that was actually amazing. So. Low-key cool story there. Um, in round five, then they didn't pick again until round five after these trades. Uh, they take uh, Colton Mc, McFizz. I don't know. How do you say his name? McIvitz? McIvitz. I, I don't know. Offensive McIvitz. That's center. it. That's what we got. Yep. Uh, Charlie Warner, the tight end, which I was a little surprised they didn't take Hunter Bryant there. I really thought Hunter Bryant would be like a good fit in that scheme just with his athleticism. He's not that big of a blocker, so I guess I can see it there because uh, Shanahan loves to have the tight ends that can block and run routes. So I guess I could see it, but I thought that he could just be creative with him. And then uh, Juwan Jennings, the wide receiver out of uh, Tennessee. We saw him at the Senior Bowl. Dude's just a beast. Like, the Niners just got their, a newer version of Anquan Bolden. Like, he's going to – he'll he'll be able to fit into that scheme very, very well. Um, so overall, it's great, right? You get your, you get a stud left tackle, you get your wide receiver, you replace the one hole on defense that you had, uh, get more depth at offensive line, tight end in case, uh, you know, your tight end goes down in Kittle, and then another wide receiver weapon at, to end the, you know, the draft. And again, Jennings, I thought was a steal in round seven. I really did. I thought he was – I thought he would be late round five, early round six. So him being there in round seven I thought was fantastic for them. So I, overall, I really, really liked their draft. Uh, them not going cornerback was kind of the biggest surprise for me. I thought they – why did you not – even in round five, why did you not go cornerback there? Yeah, um, I think it's just kind of one of those things where they saw the development with the guys that they had. And it was like, hey, we're not finding anyone here at this point in the draft that's better than what we already have. Let's just keep rolling with it. But there's three essential somewhat picks that you had, including the Trent Williams trade and the third rounder. We'll count that as a pick. Every person that you lost that was a key impact to your team in some way, shape, or form last season has been replaced. You know what I mean? You lost Buckner. You put in Kinlaw. You lost Goodwin. You put in Ayuk. 
You lost your franchise left tackle and Staley. You just put Trent Williams there. These are all guys that are going to be plug and play in that offense with Kyle that leaves the rest of the NFL going, dang, they just essentially reloaded and saved money. That's how teams continue to stay on top and continue to win. So you have to give the 49ers props with that. And I'm not going to run through the rest of it. I mean, you know, you add valuable depth and in, in your words, you get a still in the seventh round, which is crazy to hear you say. We definitely need to get some more uh, digging in on that from you. I want to hear more explanations with that. Ooh, let me smack myself with the freaking mic here. Whammy. But uh, like, I, I think I think it was an impressive draft for the 49ers, honestly. Yeah, it was. And let's not forget, they still have Hurts that uh, got injured last year as a rookie yes. season that's going to be coming back. So that's just another weapon on this offense. So uh, yep. Shanahan's going to have fun with all these toys, for sure. Yep, especially if they all stay healthy. Uh, let's go ahead and do the Rams, though. Um, this is a team who lost Todd Gurley. Uh, you're kind of an older team. you got an offensive line that's a little bit older, kind of beat up. Uh, but you, first you go Cam Akers, then you go Van Jefferson, and then you go Terrell Lewis, Terrell, and then you go Terrell, Terrell Burgess, or Burgess, Bryce Hopkins, Jordan Fuller, Clay Johnston, Sam Solomon, and then Tremaine Ancrium. I just botched that last name for sure. I apologize, man. Uh, but really, for the Rams – I don't know if this is a draft that I'm super happy with. Like, you lost Cooks and you lost Gurley. Those were huge pieces to your offense. But, man, you spent a lot of money, and you're going to spend more money. Um, and the fact that you were able to even rile up this many picks in the draft is somewhat decently impressive by Snead to do this. But I'm just not looking at any of these names going, yeah, these guys are going to be a huge difference maker for this team moving forward. It was just kind of one of those, like, all right, let's just try and get as much depth Hopefully one of these guys hits and all goes well. So with this draft, I mean, is Cam Akers really going to be your future back? You got a kid last year out of Memphis. His name slipped in my mind. Is Van Jefferson – thank you. Uh, Van Jefferson was a guy that we, Treese, you and I talked quite a bit about at the Senior Bowl. Uh, his route running looked crisp. He was good in one-on-ones. Does that transition well for the Rams? But the huge question is, does Jared Goff take another step forward? Or is it one of those things where we're just sitting here like – Damn, you got you the two guys that you just paid a shit ton of money to busted. Like Todd Gurley, I get it. Like your knee's gone bad. Whatever situation you have, that does suck. But dude, you got paid a lot of money. Didn't really play in the Super Bowl. Jared Goff, you got paid a lot of money and really just shit the fucking bed the next season. Like I don't know if you just went and partied after the contract, stopped giving a shit. I don't know if McVeigh just stopped telling you where to throw the ball. If that was true, it just it ain't happening, bro. So you got to figure it out. Hopefully you are this season. There's no way you're hearing this. But if you do, fucking figure it out, dude. Or this entire franchise has gone all in on some guys and it's just not working out. And you're in a position of where do we go from here? Moving to Los Angeles, going to a Super Bowl, and now we're just shit. Yeah. Um. So my opinion is actually different than yours. You are right there? Less I'm good. Just okay. thought that was going to be a lot harder than it was. Sorry for pointing at you. <laughs> You're all right. Uh, so I actually like this a lot more than you do. So I'm I'm a fan of Akers. I thought that like he is a guy that can be in every damn back, um, and that if you need somebody to come in as well, I think Daryl Henderson's a, a perfect complement to that. Uh, Van Jefferson, they needed another wide receiver after Cooks left, as you mentioned. So I actually really like that. The problem is, is I kind of see Jefferson. Um, like kind of like a Cooper Cup, <laughs> so like that's a little weird to me. Like I thought that they'd go a different route there. 
Uh, Terrell Lewis, I think that he would have been going in the second round if it wasn't for uh, injury concerns there. Uh, Terrell Burgess, uh, he's a Ute, so I'm obviously going to be loving him. Uh, Bryce Hopkins, I did think that was a little interesting because I felt like they already have two awesome um, tight ends in their system. I do know that they ran more uh, double tight end sets than any team in the league the final six weeks of the season. So maybe that, yeah. that had something to do with it, just to, just in case if somebody goes down. Uh, Everett had uh, multiple injuries last year, so maybe it's just more insurance, and Hopkins is a great athlete. So um, And then the rest, you know, kind of depth. So um, I like it, I think, more than you do, but there are concerns. Um, Jefferson off is as an injury history as well. So with him and Lewis, like you're really banking on those two. Um, well, something I like about acres and I know a lot of people have said this, so this isn't breaking news or anything, but like he's used to having a shitty offensive line with Florida state. So Man, going to a shitty offensive line in with the Rams is not going to like make it so he can't perform. He's used to it at this point. So, very, very solid points. Uh, let's go ahead and get to the Cardinals though. Um, I'm I'm going to be kind of a bandwagon fan for this team next year. Like kind of how we were with the Bills last offseason. Uh I'm picking the Cardinals this year. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are as well with the addition of uh DeAndre Hopkins, but man, you go and add Isaiah Simmons to that defense, you get Josh Jones for your offensive line, and then you get Fotu, Rashad Lawrence, Evan Weaver, you know, Benjamin. I mean, these are all guys that can probably add some type of quality play to this team next year in all areas of help. You know what I mean? You you're adding depth along the offensive line on your defense, Isaiah Simmons. We've, we've all seen his combine, the freak athlete that he was at Clemson. This is going to be awesome with what he does with Jones, um, on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, an edge rusher that doesn't get the recognition that he deserves. Josh Jones coming in on the offensive line. We've talked about that help with um with Kyler Murray needing time. But dude, now you have Christian Kirk, DeAndre Hopkins, you're still fine at running back. Like I'm really excited to see what the Cardinals can do next year with another year of Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray and the additions to their offense and now defense as well. Yeah. I'm with you. I really like the Cardinals. Um, and who knows? Maybe they are talking football's, you know, sweetheart team that kind of like how the Bills were. We'll, we'll decide that later on in the season, but or in the offseason, I should say. But I totally agree with you there. Isaiah Simmons, Josh Jones, Lucky Foto, like those are that's three just fantastic picks to start the the yeah. draft. Uh, I really wanted Foto on the Jags. I thought that he would have been fit in perfectly. Um, so I thought that was a steal in round four. Like he's just this mean dude that's just gonna p- clog up the middle. Like he's going. Yep. Chandler Jones is going to be buying him a whole bunch of gifts this year because he's going to leave it so much easier for him. So I uh, love what the Cardinals did here. I really, really do like it. Uh, moving on to the Seahawks uh, with uh, their first round pick, they took Jordan Brooks, uh, linebacker. Second round, they took uh, Daryl Taylor and then Damian Lewis, uh, Colby Par- uh, Parkinson, DJ Dallas, Alton Robinson, the defensive end, uh, Freddie Swain in the sixth round. And then in the seventh round, they took another tight end Sullivan out of LSU. So, um, this one, this is an interesting draft, uh, mainly because at 27, you still have guys like Patrick Queen on the board. How you don't take Patrick Queen, I mean, that's yikes to me. Like, I just don't believe mm-hmm. in that. Uh, defensive end, if you're taking 
if you're taking Taylor, like there was other defensive ends there. I mean, at that point, like, why are you not considering doing a trade for a Yanni Kangakwe or trying to just pay? And maybe they're just trying not to pay this, you know, that top dollar, but or going after Clowney again. Like to me, like you could have used this that second round on a different position. Uh, improving the offensive line with Lewis is good. Parkinson, the tight end out of uh, Stanford, uh, former five-star guy, like he he he's good. So I think that he just wasn't used correctly um, in Stanford. So, but now there's just so many tight ends with the Seahawks, and that's my problem with this pick is they just have yeah. weapons for days there. Um, and then you just keep moving on. Freddie Swain just feels like a Golden Tate type pick. <laughs> so uh, really like that. And then again, Sullivan, another tight end. So I just don't know what they're going to do with their tight ends. Are they going to try to do something like how the uh, Ravens did this year and always be running a whole bunch of two, three tight end sets and just be subbing them in and out? Because I think they have like I feel like they have five or six tight ends on their roster at this point. Really? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> you better figure it out because that's quite a bit for a tight end. Um, let's go ahead and get into the fuck, Mary kill. Uh, I'll go ahead and get us started up, get us started off. FMK plus Carol Baskin. Can't convince me that it didn't happen. She killed her husband. He gone. Whether he's underneath the sewer, lions ate him, sardine oil. I don't even know. He gone. All right. Trees thinks he's still alive. He dead. Uh, all right. So. My Mary, I'm going to marry the Arizona Cardinals. I am going to bang one out with the 49ers. I'm probably going to kill the Rams, and then I'm just going to Carol Baskin the Seahawks. Uh, reaching for Jordan Brooks with Queen on the board, like Tree said, not a good look. You go Daryl Taylor in round two, and then from there you're, you're just adding – I don't even know if you want to call it quality depth, maybe just kind of like weird depth. Like you're throwing names in there where it's like, Okay, it looks like you're reaching for these guys. What do you see that no one else sees for you to take them here at this spot when there's other names on the board that everyone else appears to be higher on and you're letting continue to slip down the board? Um, so once again, marrying the Cardinals, getting down on a knee, proposing to that. Kyler Murray, let's go, boy. Uh, having some fun with the 49ers. I'm getting rid of the Rams and the Seahawks. You're definitely, you're definitely dead. Luckily, you have Russell Wilson. You got a good foundation to continue to build off of. Just really not that happy with this draft. Yeah. So um, our Carol Baskin is the same. I'm going with the Seahawks. Let's just get that out of the way. Uh, the other three are all different. So um, my Mary is actually the 49ers. Um, I knew it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just I love Brandon Ayuk. Trent Williams I thought was great. Kim Law. I mean, and then Jennings, obviously, at the end. So, like, I just – I I got to marry him. Like, I love those those first three. Um, <laughs> I got to marry him. I just got to. It's love at first sight. Um, you know, the one – the the team that I'm going to, like, go to the bar, hang out with, take him home, give him a nice seafood dinner, and then never talk to him again, you know, like that type of person. You know, like, that is the Rams for me. Um, what? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think that they're, I think that their rookies make a bigger impact overall than what the Cardinals do. Um, I think that 
Fotu makes a difference for the Cardinals, um, not stat-wise, but just football-wise. And then you have Isaiah Simmons that's going to make a big thing. But I don't know if any of the other rookies for the Cardinals truly make a difference. The Rams, I think that they got a starter on running back, wide receiver, defensive back, and um, edge. I think that they got five starters on this team. Wow. So for me, like, you have to – you have to have the Rams as your your one night stand here, like because I don't know if, I don't know if they're long term solutions. Like I really don't. Like Jefferson and Lewis, they scare me, right? Like they really do. Um, but at least for this year, I think that they will make a difference. So for me, we're com- it's crazy because last episode we were the same on everything, and this one three of the four were different on. Hey, it's just the way you know, just the way it goes sometimes. You for sure wanted to say that's the way the cookie crumbles right there. It, Shut your mouth. One hundred percent did. I can tell. Um, so as long as you're on the same page there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's rank them one through four on teams, um, on talent here. So you want me to go first here? Yeah, go ahead. Um. So one, I am going to take. This is actually really tough. I, I actually think the 49ers are a more talented team, but for some reason I still think Seattle wins this division this year. Um, but I'm going to go off of talent. So I'm going to go Niners 1, Seahawks 2. This Do one it. hurts. Um, Do it. I'm going to go with... I'm going with the Rams three, Cardinals four. Get out of here. Oh my God. You're kidding me. No, all right. I'm going I'm going Niners, Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams. I mean, the Cardinals, they got too much going. You add DeAndre Hopkins to that offense with Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. I'm gonna say Fitzgerald earlier in my explanation. You still got a veteran there. I mean, Jesus Christ, let's roll with it, Cardinals. I mean, you're going to get it rolling. The 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo's got to be pissed off. He's tired of hearing everyone's shit talk. Tritt Williams, he's been just dogged on. Constant just shit from Washington. Let's go across the world. Let's go to Stanford. The Bay. Let's have some fun and see what it's like to be in a Super Bowl here. Brandon Ayuk comes in. Javon Kinlaw, hey, we just heard Matt Miller explode on the freaking live internet feed about you we're pissed off at that anyways i think the 49ers do hate matt even though he loves them uh i think they all have a big year so i think the 49ers there is a possibility to repeat next year for a super bowl uh the 49ers man they reloaded i like what the seahawks did as long as you got russell wilson there you got dk metcalf at receiver uh shoot oh my god the wide receiver kansas state heck son of a gun always lock it you have lock it on that team as well you get the running backs going. Marshawn Lynch might be coming back. I don't know if you heard that. There's rumors there. I think the Seahawks are a, a lock at two. And then when it comes down to the Cardinals and Rams, I think I just have more trust right now in Kyler Murray than I do Jared Goff. And I have more excitement about that team than I do the Rams. I mean, you look at that logo and you look at the Cardinals logo. I mean, you got to pick one of those. I'm picking the Cardinals all day. <coughs> For sure. So actually, I actually thought the same thing as you, what you just said, but actually my difference was McVay. 
I think that he's the difference. I think that he's he's going to be like, no, that's not okay. What just happened last year? Let's let's address this. And I think that he gets back to his 2018, yeah, 2018 form. So yeah, but I think I think the thing that hurts him as well, and which was a positive to him for a couple years ago, is that he's taking you know creative plays from other teams. But if teams are already seeing that and they're figuring out ways to stop that, and you were watching McVay run the same fucking formation over and over, but trying to incorporate these plays in it as well, it kind of gets a little easier to stop that. You know, nothing in the NFL is easy, but if you're watching a guy line up in the same formation with the same type of plays and situations, at some point you got to kind of mix it up. Hopefully they do that this year, but I'm just, I'm not seeing it with Jared Goff, man. Not after last year. Yeah. I'm I'm not gonna fight you on it because it was tough for me to make that decision. So uh, I can see your I can see your reasoning for sure. So, all right. Well, we're gonna be back tomorrow actually for all of you guys listening to this. We're gonna have a special guest. Um, so be sure to tune into that, and we will be doing the NFC North next episode, the last NFC. And then we'll be heading on over to the AFC for the next few episodes. So we're super excited about that. Austin, again, we love the picture behind you. Happy you're you're there safe. Happy for you. And wanna know what? Tonight we've been talking football.